for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. It is a two-fur podcast today. Uh, today, we have a old buddy, a friend of the live and amplified family. We have Dustin Brown. How's it going today, Dustin? Going, dude. Going. That's good. You, yeah. we, we were talking a little bit before the stream came on uh, about your little setup there. You look like you're in a, getting ready to take a mob hit out or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I it'd be much cooler if that was the case. <laughs> but no, I, I'm I'm currently residing underneath my uh, my headlamp that it's it's hanging from the, the canopy here because mm-hmm. it's the only little area at the house I'm at that gets uh, good enough reception to do this thing. It's outside, which is nice. And there is patio lights, but I think the bulbs are burnt out or something because they don't work. So I've got this lovely yeah interrogation light hanging above me. But hey. It works, you know. Yeah, I feel you on that one. What, where, uh, what's the uh, weather doing out there? I feel like I haven't been outside all day, even though I know I have. <laughs> and it, it's funny to ask you that because you're literally like, what, maybe 20 minutes away from me? 30, depending on traffic? My normal, my normal place, yeah, I would be. Right now I'm out in Gold Place. I'm like an hour and a half away. But oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. We're in the same, like, you know, stream there of weather but but now today you know like this house that i'm i'm at right now uh i only have one window unit one room you know which is great i can at least i got that to sleep in but in the daytime i just you know i don't want to stay in that room all day so i kind of meander around and today was actually even though it was still in the 90s or something it felt so much better i was uh i had all the doors and windows open sitting in the little living room here because yesterday was like in the hundreds here and it was like nah they didn't feel good at all but yeah i feel you i feel you um, but I'm really happy that we were able to get this, get this set up, get you on the podcast. Cause you just, uh, just released a full length album. I know we had talked about it a little bit on the jam session, but at that point you were still recording it. Right. I think, or were you yeah, mixing I was still it? Well, you know, like, that's what I'm sitting here trying to think is when, when exactly we, I think. I had tracked most everything and we were in our mixing mastering, but also around that time is there's a song on the album uh, called a chain, the slide guitar song. And that one in particular, we had recorded in studio, but uh, some, somehow I got lost in the ether of the computer and uh, my producer, uh, Ben Husky out at Melody Mountain was like, Hey man, I, I'm so sorry. I can't find it. We're going to have to re-record. And then obviously shutdown happened and, couldn't get back get back in to do it so I ended up recording it myself probably not long after our first interview yeah. I re-recorded it in my little just makeshift studio and sent it off to him and he did his magic and you can't even tell I mean I can't tell sounds great but uh, yeah so it was a weird time it was a weird time we still needed to get back in there and I had to I had to dub some leads and some things like that and I kind of had to do a few of those from the home and send them in and but it all worked out and we're finally live you know Spotify, Amazon, all that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I know because uh, originally we were trying to get you on like right as it released, but there was a little confusion as to when there wasn't an actual like confirmation as to when it was going to release, and then there was some conf- yeah. uh, confusion that it released earlier than it was supposed to. I guess right. It did. Yeah. It uh, for the original. I mean, this thing has been a roller coaster anyway, but the original date had been uh, my mom's birthday is on the 26th of July. So we, uh, and we had a show at Melody Mountain in Waco, or not Melody Mountain, I'm sorry, Melody Ranch uh, with Ghost Dance Band. And I was like, that'd be the perfect weekend. You know, I'll do it on the 25th, you know, kind of, you know, because my mom, you know, I mean, I think most every musician you say is kind of their, their number one or whatever fan. I was like, that'd be cool, you know, kind of present it to her or whatever, plus the big show with Ghost Dance and all that. So I'd set it for the 25th. 
and then uh, that show got canceled. A bunch of stuff had happened because everything's been we like book and we get canceled. We both get canceled. It's all kind of crazy right now. So, but it, it got canceled, and I went back into my distributor and was like, "Hey, let's do August 8th, I believe." So, actually, is that the day? I think that's the day, isn't it? Clear? Uh, no. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Anyway. Well, either way, I changed it to then, and uh, and yeah. I got an email and they were like, all right, we're releasing tomorrow. And I was like, oh no, like <laughs> it's supposed to be the eighth. You know, I started emailing and I was like, no, no, I need more time to, cause I had some promo stuff, which yeah. good thing is it can be, I could, I'm, I'm doing my promo stuff now after the fact, which is probably better anyway. Cause now people can go and find the whole album. Yeah. But I was kind of freaking out and then they were like, yep, yep. And I, I didn't get a response back from them. And early in the morning on like the 25th or 6th, yeah, 25th, I, uh, I got on Spotify and typed in my, my album and it popped up at like 5.30 in the morning. I was like, oh, okay, it's time to promote. So it's kind of, you know, which is kind of true fashion for me anyway. It's yeah. always last second, shooting from the hip. So I feel you on that. I feel you on that one. Uh, because I know when we were originally talking, you were talking about like the end of August originally for the podcast, for the interview. And then I saw you post the link or so. I. Yeah, I saw you post a link for the for the album, and I'm like, "Wait, this isn't supposed to be out for like another couple of weeks. What's going on here?" And yeah, and so that, that was just kind of an entertaining thing, and that it was just like, "Hey, how quickly can you, we get a podcast together?" And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You work in the oil field, so when are you free? And yeah, I hit everybody up and was just like, "Hey, man, uh, let's hear. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's just do it." Cause that's why I also, I wanted that time to, cause I was going to schedule everything. But like I said, honestly, man, it's, uh, it worked out beautifully. I, I, uh, I think it made me hustle a little more and, uh, you know, I spammed my poor friends and family as hard as I could. And I was just like, please like help me. I got like a mailing list and stuff. And then I reached out to like personal messages. I was like, Hey, like, please share this thing. And, and I was super, super stoked, man. I'm like really happy with, uh, the outpour that I had from, friends and family and uh you know fans or whatever you know people enjoy my music they really responded well and uh you know the, there was like a few days that it released everyone was sharing and tagging all my stuff and and uh yeah we had a you know i mean i'm not i'm not getting a you know like twenty thousand plays or nothing but but for the first record you know we got up there and a couple thousand plays within a couple couple days and i was like man that's it it felt good you know i mean uh that's all I can ask for because I know so many people in my shoes and my level that, that drop something and it just kind of completely falls flat and not, you know, and maybe eight, you know, 2000 plays in a couple of days is flat to some people. But to me, it was, it was amazing, man. I was yeah. super happy. Super yeah. Happy. I feel you on that one. Cause this is your first release, at least on Spotify, correct? Yeah. Yeah. This is the first um, album, first real release and then write songs for, well, since I was like 12 or 13 and uh, really writing songs, we recorded an album like 10 years ago, me and my little high school band. And somehow we just never really did anything. I wish Spotify wasn't around then, I guess, but we didn't, we, I think we had a few like burnt CDs of it and stuff, but uh, but thank God it's not, it's not out in the ether for anyone to find except for people who have those old CDs. But, uh, but this is the first real release, man. And, and I, now that I've, now that I kind of done this album, and I have it out there now. Uh, now I feel a little more comfortable. I'm gonna start dropping singles and stuff, and kind of, kind of releasing my music the way that people are doing it now. You know, where it makes a little more sense in current time. But I, I wanted to get that first album out there and just say, like, "Hey, this is what I've been doing for yeah. ten years." You know, and I've got a bunch more where that came from. So. Absolutely, but don't underestimate the high school band with limited release albums because that'll come back to get you. Like you got that. I guarantee you, there's that one person out there that still has that CD and is holding on to it. Like, Oh, there is, there is. They actually, they hit me up every now and then they're like, they're like, Hey man, you know, and they'll, they'll send me like a little recording on their phone. They'll be like, man, I found that old CD. I'm jamming. I'm just like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that it's bad. It's not terrible. It's just yeah. uh, the content is very age appropriate. You know, yeah. it's uh, hanging out with friends and broken hearted girlfriends and, drinking beers on the tailgate to try. <laughs> I feel you. I got it. 
I because I did that something similar to that uh, to one of my neighbors. He had a band when I was growing up through grade school and stuff. He was probably like seven or eight years older than I was. Kurt, yeah. I'm sorry if you're listening. I don't know how old you are. I'm just kind of ballparking it at this point. Oh, uh, hey, so I about a couple of months back, I saw he was starting to play music again, and so I sent him a photo of him and his band doing a show for my birthday part, my like 10th or 11th birthday party in our front yard. Oh. And I was just like, Hey man, you remember this? And then I <laughs> called my mom. I was like, Hey, remember that CD from Kurt's band that you uh, bought me for Christmas? Do you still have my stockpile of CDs sitting somewhere? And she's like, yeah, they're probably in the spare closet. And I'm like, all right, cool. Next time you come out, bring me that, you know? That's good. That's good. Man. So, yeah, that's one of the good, you know, uh, one of the good things, I guess, about Facebook, stuff like that is a good friend of mine, Tyler, you know, he uh, and, and a bunch of others, you know, every now and then he'll send me these random photos, but he sent me one a while back now. And uh, it was me and, and I could just see by the by the look on my face. And the clothes, I was back when I, you know, I had really short hair. I mean, this has been probably nine years ago, this photo. Yeah. And I had, like, this ball cap on, way too curved. Uh, I'm wearing, like, some, some uh, lace-up chukas that are duct-taped together because yeah. they're my work boots. And I'm and I'm just drunker than hell, like, in this picture, like, almost, you know, just, just this terrible, awful photo. And he's sitting right next to me, equally, uh, equally kind of uh, intoxicated. And, and it managed it's cool stuff like that. You know, when you've been doing it this long, like those little memories are kind of cool when they pop back up, Yeah, you know, or, or sometimes pictures, things you don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the uh, name of your album is dreamers last drifter, correct? Full length title. Uh, for the people that don't know what's kind of the story behind the album, what, why did you choose the songs that you did to put on the album? You know, stuff like that. Man, I guess the, you know, the album, like I said, I've been doing this, uh, I've been writing a long time. I really only got back into hardcore, like live performance a few years ago. So I, I went, I went and chased, you know, the career and the, you know, American dream kind of thing. And, uh, which was a good thing. It did some good for me. And, and I, but then it also, it fell all apart kind of in the middle of nothing and kind of made me realize that, man, nothing's guaranteed, you know, I need to, so we came back to Texas and I got, I got into, you know, oil field work out here, uh, which is kind of what I was doing before on the original deal down in uh, Louisiana. And, uh, and yeah, man, got, got re-welcomed back into the music community here, open armed and a uh, lot of support and kind of, kind of got reminded like, all right maybe maybe i can do something here and uh met some folks like ben hussey i mentioned earlier play with or one of the founding members of six market boulevard and play with american aquarium you know stellar dude he approached me uh about a year into my you know re-entry into this, this journey and you know i'll admit i didn't even know who he was at first uh i had uh you know Kind of through a series of events, I realized exactly who it was and felt like a big old idiot. And, uh, he'd asked me to record and uh, or told me that he recorded people and stuff like that. And uh, eventually I realized, okay, it's a guy that maybe I can trust. And got in the studio and for sure that's exactly what happened. And, and you know, at first it's supposed to be kind of like a six song EP, just acoustic, just me and the guitar, which there's plenty of, there's plenty of songs on there that are just me and the guitar, but. I kind of told him, I was like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm feeling like a vibe on this. Would you like to play some bass on it? Because, you know, he's a bass player. I mean, he plays everything, I found out. But, you know, his main main squeeze is bass. And uh, it was Misery, which is the first track on the on the record, if you listen to it in order. And uh, he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And he just goes to the closet and comes out with this upright bass and plays down this real tasty click. I'm like, yeah, man. I was like, I was, like, I was thinking maybe, it, you know like a, a drum to it nothing crazy like neither one of us are drummers but you know you hit a little, hit a little snare or something and if you listen to the song you'll, you'll see all the parts i'm talking about it evolved into this thing and at the end of the day it was kind of like sitting back after sex or something like smoking a cigarette like damn all right sounds pretty good <laughs> and i was like you want to do some more and he's like yeah let's do it so 
uh, that six song acoustic EP turned into a 12 song record. And punchline to that is I wanted to do vinyl. I was really dead set on vinyl. And it wasn't until the very end of the process, I, I hit up, um, I hit up the vinyl company and I realized you can only fit 22 minutes per side yeah. <laughs> of vinyl. So I had to, I had to actually take two songs away, man, which is, I guess, a good problem to have, but they'll be released later this year, singles or whatever. And, uh, not that I'm taking anything away from, but, but the song, which, which you, you asked that is like the songs that are on there, um, they really, it's kind of my tranquil, you know, just vibe, good vibes, feeling songs. It all made it on there and, it, and I did do I think a good mix of uh, relevant just me and the guitar songs which is I'm a singer songwriter so that's important to me too but we took some of my songs like uh, the Ragged Edge, Being a Wolf Blues um, and really I, I think we did a good job on kind of just making this roller coaster effect which is like what I like to do when I'm playing live is where you know you're hearing this finger picking like country bumpkin song and then shift gears and you're flying across the you know, stratosphere on the <laughs> of a song, and and uh, yeah, it uh, it came out well. It came out well, and Dreamers Last Drifter, the cover art, everything uh, really embodies it. You know, and I think I think the mix that I chose embodies it. Like I said, I've got a I got a ton more songs, so we're just gonna keep pumping them out from this point forward. But that one as an album definitely had to be those songs in that order. Nice. Yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense, man. Um, so you, so there's, uh, nine songs on this album and you'd recorded two others and the hope is that, or the plan is to release those two as singles. Are you already looking forward to the next album or are you kind of just letting the current album sit as it is and kind of live its life and then you'll kind of. No, that's, that's exactly the, that's just the thing. I, I think a long time ago. I probably would have been like, oh yeah, just make an album, sit back and let the millions roll in, <laughs> so, yeah. like a child, you know. But but now, uh, I don't know. Now it's uh, God, it took me so long to finally record something because I was so critical of myself and and just you know I record. I've been recording the past ten years stuff at home, you know, with friends. And this, and I just never released anything because I wasn't satisfied so th- th- this album was really kind of like ripping the band-aid off and you know that the studio experience was was really good for me because at the house you know I have a way of recording and then I get in the studio thinking it's this very prim and proper thing that's intimidating and scary and I get in there and you know there's just mics thrown everywhere and there's tables all over the place and and you know and you know then we just set me up my little nook you know with, with moving blankets and like these curtain rods and and you know really really good equipment like I'm not taking away from the studio experience at all by that, but I'm saying like I was I was just really blown away. I was like they're doing the same thing I do, you know. <laughs> yeah. Obviously his his skills in the mixing and mastering is beyond that, but beyond me. But it's uh I don't know. It it, it was a great first experience in the studio. It took away all that like uh, just negative energy I had about a studio. You know I was scared they'd ruin my sound. I was scared. Uh, you know, it would just be this like painful thing, and we, and we got in there. It was just him and me, and we just made it happen. We built it, played, and, and now now it's like I've got got a bug. You know, I'm just I just want to keep on doing it, just keep pumping stuff out. And obviously, in our new music climate, um, you know, if I, I I would say if if I could still play like as many live shows as I was pre uh, all this junk, I would probably soak on it for maybe a year. Mm-hmm. but right now i mean i can't exactly go and promote the album by playing so i think yeah i'm gonna just slowly uh i was saying on my live stream yesterday to some people is like i think i'm gonna because i have the songs i have plenty of songs i think i'm just gonna start i'm gonna shoot for one one a month mm-hmm. i'm gonna let this record slow for the next two or three months but then it's gonna be i'm just gonna try to like keep a steady stream until we can get back to live performances and then maybe i'll slow down but I've got I've got too many songs piled away to, you know, and and the cool thing is there'll be a roller coaster too. Like I said, you're gonna get my real tranquil, uh, trippy-ish kind of electronic folk music, like trip folk stuff. And then in one month you might totally get that old folk banger, and then one month you might get an old classic country kind of song. You never never know. And I I don't know with the new landscape, that's probably 
maybe that's the best thing to do is just start pumping it out. Yeah, so absolutely. Die one day with all my junk out there for someone to listen to, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as like the current full length album, the waiting until at least you get the uh, vinyl released is probably a smart, like, so let the full length album soak or sit and kind of marinate and get people excited and promote it and then release the vinyl and then just jump into doing like the monthly single releases. And I mean, I guess like for the monthlies, it just kind of depends on what your focus is as focus is on as far as like you're releasing. Are you more worried about Spotify streams or are you more worried about just people listening to it? Or are you more worried about, you know, like it just depends on where where your mindset is at, in my opinion. Like, as like, how do you want people to perceive your music and absorb your music? Yeah, yeah on that note, it's like, uh, like I said, because of because I have this uh, closet full of songs. There's definitely some new ones that I've been writing lately. I just I just released uh, it's not on Spotify or anything. You can just get it on YouTube. And uh, Instagram, Facebook right now is a song ready for that, and it and it directly was influenced by what we're going through right now as a collective, and and I have five more that are that all have come out in the past, literally been written since probably the last time I saw you. Um, and man, like I, I don't know, four or five years ago, I really hit like this dream of uh, trip pulp, um, very philosophical. I don't know, in my opinion, my bangers, you know, and I lost it for a while. And I, I mean, I wasn't writing bad stuff, but it was, you know, I was writing a little more uh, entertaining stuff. Like, all right, we're playing at the bars kind of stuff. And I guess one of the silver linings to, you know, pandemic and everything was, was it uh, spent a little more time at home. Uh, definitely spent a little more time getting all intoxicated, things like that. <laughs> but without out and distracted. You know, there's one thing when you're out drinking and entertaining people and stuff, and, and that inspiration is different then, but, but there's something about being stuck at the house, and I'm not saying this is the way to write a song, like, the kids don't take it the wrong way, but for me, sometimes some of that most philosophical, tranquil stuff is, is either when I'm just blasted or the next day when I'm recovering, really, and during this quarantine, for example, you know, I, I think everybody probably had their nights of being down and out, I, I know I did. And uh, luckily, I have some roommates at the moment that are because I was I was full time on the road, and then when all this happened, I, I moved in with some friends, kind of just letting crash for a little bit. And that's turned into this beautiful few months. Like you know, I don't know, we're, we're all you know almost thirty, but it's been kind of fun hanging out, and you know, we sit on the back porch, and next thing you know, it's three o'clock in the morning. They're in bed, and then yeah, just these, these ideas and thoughts come out that I haven't had in a long time, and so that'll like. If I continue that little stream, like that will be another album. It'll be its own album. But I have enough backlog that in between then, that's what I'm talking about is those older songs that, I mean, I have songs that are like six years old that are good enough to record, in my opinion. But I'm, those are the ones I'm going to do the monthly thing. But I definitely am going to keep aiming for albums. So those will just be like the, well, I have them. So put them yeah. out there. Love them, hate them. They're out there. Bam, bam, bam. And then six months from now, boom, we come in with a with a at least an EP already. I already got you know like it's an EP now, but I'm sure by then I'll have it full length album, you know, with a ten or twelve, and it it it'll be kind of a continuation of the the current record. It, yeah, the current record kind of gives you a little taste of what the next one's gonna. Be, that yeah, sense. absolutely. Um, so are you still working out in the oil fields right now, or is that kind of on hold with the whole COVID thing? You know, uh, I'm a mechanic out there, so our work uh, traditionally is pretty steady because whether it's a boom or a bust, there's equipment still out there and still needs to be fixed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'd made up my mind a year ago. Um, like I said, I've been back into music heavy almost when that was two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. And I made up my mind a year ago that I was going to quit. And I saved up a, a little nugget, I paid off most of my, my junk that needed to be paid off. And I was like, you know what? Like this isn't a life for me anymore. And uh, really made up my mind. I was like, yeah, it's going to be around July, August, somewhere in there. I'm, I'm quitting. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
when all this stuff happened, uh, my boss at the time, which made the job really bearable, he got ran off and kind of one of those boss buddy deals where they, you know, just move in some other Yahoo because higher up and stuff. And he's now taken over our group and and the whole thing is falling to shambles. And I, uh, yeah, but I still, I think, I think uh, I'm just going to stick with my plan, even though it's probably the worst time uh, in my, my life to, to go full time. You know, I have a belief that everything, everything has a way of working itself out. So, yeah, probably here within maybe in the next week, actually. Yeah, be calling it quits out there. And, uh, you know, right now be focusing on the shows that I still can play and getting backyard shows. And like I said, I got a little nugget put off this side so I can coast for a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, now that you've got – a body of work out, you know, at least you got something to be like, Hey, this is an accurate representation of what I'm about. So like when those do shows do come available it it makes you more appealing to like some of the bigger shows that, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. Marketable for sure. That's what I've been telling everybody is even before I released the album, which like I said, it, it had a, in my, in my opinion, a good a good re, a good release a good uh reception a lot more than i thought it would have but before going into the release like you know some people are asking me this that and the other about if i was worried about it being a bust i said well no because because of what you just said it's like i've been able to book keep myself booked very well uh make decent money and and stay busy with a youtube channel and like phone recording you know so as you just said now when, once you have that Spotify link, it really opens you up to bigger venues and stuff. And I, and I have, I've had venues tell me that before, you know, I've sent them all my stuff and, you know, they, re- they responded with like, Hey, you know, we like what you're doing, but you know, we really need a bigger following, which is the craziest thing. I mean, I understand it. It's the craziest thing, you know? Uh, and then I asked, well, you like the music? They're like, yeah, but you know, we need a bigger following. You know, we usually just people that are Spotify or anything like that. And, Amazon music. It's just a way of showing them that you're for real and you're really doing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, bust or break on the album. I don't really care. It's, it's, it's uh, like you said, it's a, it's a tool now to help me get into the bigger venues. Once that, that's so crazy that like a Spotify link is a make it or break it deal. Like that, that just is really, really weird to me. Like, yeah, and I'm know. not saying they're all, you know, but, but a lot of them, I mean, and I, and I, I get it. I get it. I won't sit here and, you know, I get it. It's a business for them. They got to make money. Yeah. But I like, I mean, especially around here in Waco, like if you're a local band, like you're probably going to draw anyways, because you're local and, you know, it's not hard to be like, Hey, I'm playing over at Lakeside or I'm playing at the backyard or I'm playing at name any venue here. And I guarantee you some friends you ain't seen in a while are coming to the show or what, you know, so. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I, and I'll, I'll give Waco props where it's deserved. Like Waco isn't usually a problem with that. Um, I mean, like, like the backyard saloon, you know, we, we all go there and play and do the, uh, kind of like the open mic songwriter night, you know, it's the hang. Like, I think I was yeah. telling you that before, man, you got to get out there when we ever can do it again Yeah. <laughs> and being with some people, uh, and definitely recruit some people to the podcast is a good spot for doing that. But then, but like the, the actual backyard, yeah, I mean, it's a little harder to get into, but, but as far as the rest of Waco, it, it isn't bad. I, for whatever reason, I don't book a whole lot in Waco. I, I do a lot down Southway, you know, uh, but, but what, for instance, like one of the places I tried to get into <clears throat> that gave me that excuse was all the way in West Virginia. Oh, wow. I did a little tour to West Virginia because I have friends up there. And I was like, well, I might as well play while I'm going to see them. And it just cracked me up. You know, the book, the bookie came back at me and was like, yeah, you know, we, we generally only book people with like over a thousand followers and uh, a couple thousand, whatever it was you know, and Spotify, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, that's cool. I was like, but did you listen to my music? He's like, yeah, I yeah, know I did. I liked it. It's like, well, let me play this. You liked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't really work that way. 
like this entire, you know, our standards. I was like, well, look, check it out. Like, even if I had 2,000, 5,000 followers, like, I'm from Texas. Yeah. I guarantee you 4,099, you know, 999 of them are all in Texas anyway. So what yeah. would it matter? You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. that's just the way they, I don't know. And I, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not over here uh, griping. It's, it's just a, it's a wicked, twisted game, you know, sometimes. And I think we got into that last time when you're asking about like advice for like other musicians. It's like, you know, don't get screwed over. And when I say that, I don't mean that everyone's out there to screw you over. And I don't mean that, that sometimes you shouldn't play for free. And sometimes you shouldn't play for not, you know, a little bit of money and a beer. I'm not saying that at all. Like, those are necessary sometimes too. And you can make some good relationships, good friends, and those people will treat you right. But also there's a, there's just a whole lot of, a lot of conniving out there. <laughs> from your yeah. fellow musicians and, and venues sometimes. And that's not everybody. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I absolutely. love it. Absolutely. I, I completely understand. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, even when you brought it up about you're, you're based out of Texas and you go out of state and they're holding true to this, this whatever standards they have. And it's like, but you know I'm not from here, right? Like I, you know. But I go. I could have ten thousand followers, but if I'm based out of Texas, like yeah. you know, you're not gonna get two people there that know me. You know, like if I'm yeah. that far, because I mean, West Virginia's that's across there. That's across the whole country. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, it's just, it, it's just one of those weird things about the business that. I mean, I get, I understand that they have to have standards because they want serious people in there that aren't, you know, they don't want to get Jim Bob off the street that just happens to have an acoustic guitar. I completely get that, but a lot of, what's that? There's a lot of Jim Bobs out there for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so like, I completely get that, but it's like, yo, I'm showing you a body of work. Here's my following. Yeah. I'm obviously taking it serious to a certain degree. Yeah. So, you know, but, you know, it is. It is, Um, yeah. And the cool thing is, you know, I would say that's one out of 10. That's one out of 10 venues. That's pretty good odds, you know, and and anybody that's listening to this and thinking we're, or that I'm being, I'm I'm not. I mean, I've been, my overall experience in the music industry has been, be damn good and, and I, most most of the people we deal with are just so awesome they want to support you and they take care of you even when it's a bad night they're going to pay you anyway like we, we really get taken care of and I, I appreciate all the places yeah. that I play so far and, and like I said, it's like one out of ten and you get some weird stuff like that but it, it's not <laughs> yeah I completely I got you so pay to sing beer so. <laughs> okay so you went from a full-time musician that's taking a step back, working a like a regular nine-to-five job back into playing full-time music. How has your music kind of changed from when you first, like, were first really serious to now? Oh, it's changed a lot. Because <laughs> when we first really went for it, like I said, I mean, that we were in high school mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, everybody has a high school band, but we, we were really doing it, man. We, I mean, we started, we were like 17, 16, 17. And I used to call venues out of the phone book. You know, this was before Google was a thing, but I don't know. I don't know if maybe I didn't know that venues were on there or if, or if they weren't on there. I'm not really sure, but either way, you know, uh, my sister actually helped me the first time I ever reached out to venues in this, the yellow pages, you know, I went to bars section. And I would call bars and they'd be like, yes, ma'am. Like, I'm almost there, you know, because I was such a little wimpy boy. Yeah. And, uh, and our thing was we were too young to be in there. So we would we would walk in. Uh, you know, we would, it was me and my buddy Paige. Uh, he's out there somewhere. He's out in Georgia now. He's Army Ranger. That's strange. But anyway, <laughs> it comes from a musician. That. Anyway, but, uh, but I, we had this thing. He's like, well, we'll walk in with our guitar case first thing, you know that's to give them a statement and it usually works but anyway i'm, I'm getting sidetracked but 
back then we were definitely a uh now that you're in texas you got to get familiar with cross canadian ragweed back in the day they were one of the uh top-notch texas country like kind of like texas rock you know bands brown and, and uh we loved them you know and we we covered a lot of their songs and covered like old charlie robinson songs and all these all these texas country guys wade bowen back in the day you know texas country up you know nowadays it's taking its, its own turn mm-hmm. you know for better or worse my opinion but but back then we were all about that and we were definitely trying to sound like that and, and i uh i used to put this gravel into my voice man that uh which is funny now i now i have a true gravel into my voice and i just wondered from all those years of pretending i had it destroyed maybe my voice <laughs> now i can't help from it you know but back then it was bad we really try to sound cool and and we were we were definitely a uh and we were like a semi-southern rock texas country band like but 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 like the real red dirt texas country kind of stuff from like 10 years ago real kind of kind of hard ish i don't know country rock it's really hard to explain let's go back to that like that uh, style stuff and then i when i when i got out of music and just went for the working path uh, i was listening you know i got to the point where i realized that not everybody who's singing the songs had wrote them it took me a long time to figure that out <laughs> i can admit that but once i did i was like well who wrote these songs and that was a, a thing of mine this and this was uh google era you know, yeah. so I had a, a touchscreen phone and every song I'd heard, I'd hear that I liked, I'd put, you know, I'd put that title and put, you know, writer behind that. And I'd start finding this, that, and the other. And then finally I come across, you know, people like Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, which Towns Van Zandt, you know, you always get in Texas anyway, it, it would get tossed around. Like when somebody would sing something cool on the radio, the radio guys would be like, he's the Towns Van Zandt of this generation or Guy Clark of this. And I was like, who, you know, who are these people? Then fast forward to when I got into looking up people like that, I and mean, you find that oh, all these songs I, I like are written by these these guys and gals, like Amy Lou Harris, things like that. And then then I was like, okay, that's what songwriting is. That's what you know. I'm not I'm not the. Uh, I never was popular in school. Never was the pretty boy in school. Never was football star quarterback or nothing like that. You know, so so that whole like pop star kind of image really was never even an option for me or not, not, not anything I wanted anyway. But, but what I realized is like, Oh, you can be in the shadows over here on this side, writing the songs and getting the real credit, you know, maybe not by the whole world, but, but people like, like me, like when I was young, young man, you know, Googling and, and then you realize people like cult following stuff. And I started emulating that. And there for a while I emulated it too much. And I definitely was like, sounding like a knockoff guy clark towns and blaze foley and uh not as good as it but 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 just a total terrible knockoff of them and then uh but the cool then i, I faded away from that and let that kind of settle which was good which is what i needed to do and then uh and then yeah this was my song started really coming out and i still hadn't found my voice and then about three four years ago was i really I moved back to Texas. I gave up on the diving thing down in Louisiana and and I had an apartment to myself and I was really able to just wake up every day, uh, cook a little breakfast, drink some coffee and just sing and play. And finally, man, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, found my sound and mixed, uh, you know, the new boisterous sound that I'd found that I actually could sing. And a buddy of mine helped me out with that. He was like, Hey man, you know, all your songs are monotone, this boring, like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you like, do this, you know? And, uh, finally made me comfortable with singing somewhere in between I found what I'm doing now which is uh still have that monotone like uh good lyrical songwriter stuff but then I have some belting out uh, and it's, it's only evolving I just I just put a, a thing out on Instagram it's kind of a concept video for one of the new songs that I was talking about uh, called out there and uh and it got received super well by just like random people and friends and stuff and that's probably the next evolution of, you know, I'm always trying to grow and make something different. Uh, I'll, I'll try to keep true to my songwriter roots and playing or writing style, but I definitely want to start incorporating, you know, more of my electrics and, and more uh, modern day kind of stuff. I guess. That's the whole 
name of the game, you know. I mean, I can sit here and do replica songs of towns and guy and place bowling and stuff like that, which is fun and great and respect to the greats. But at the same time, if you, you know, you got to move on at some point, I guess, yeah. and, and make something that's uh, folk music for the current, you know, I guess. Yeah. I got you. So is the uh, plan kind of moving forward to ultimately build a band around yourself or do you kind of like doing sticking with the solo set for yourself? Well, um, as far as live shows go. Yeah. Well, we, I, you know, I've, I've always been doing solo besides the band long time ago, but for the past, for the new career, I've been doing solo and I got hit up by some guys last, it's almost been a year ago now, last like October, November, something like that. A feller had reached out to me and, you know, asked me if I ever wanted a bass player. I told him I don't have a band and then I don't really do the band thing. And he kind of pushed me in a good way. And he's like, Hey, well, you know, what would it take? And I said, man, I think I joked around, popped off to something like, you know, unless a whole band just fell in my lap right now, I'm not into it. It's a lot of, I like playing with the band. It's just a lot of work. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, well, give me, give me two days. I'm not going to make that happen. And sure enough, he hit me back up and uh, he hit up some old guys that he, he'd been playing with in this other band. And out of nowhere, boom, at a band. And it took, you know, we practiced through the on and off through November, December and stuff. But I was also, I was already recording at that time. So they're not on the current record. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, we were so far. Also, it's me and Ben Hussey, uh, Holly Garrett played on it, Christian Smith and Ghost Dance. Um, so it was just like this tormented, kind of crazy time for me trying to record and trying to practice a new band. And then, uh, you know, we finally got an hour set down, which is what you know, we, what we needed. <laughs> and we booked uh, a whole a whole month, man. I had a whole month of us booked, like on and off. But at the first initial, we had our debut would have been St. Patrick's Day at O'Brien's Pub in Temple. I don't know if you've been seeing posts, you know, now that you're getting kind of settled into the Waco scene and stuff, yeah. O'Brien, you know, they, they support us pretty well when they're, when they, when they do, you know, and we had our debut show on St. Patrick's Day, which is good for there because it's an Irish pub. Yeah. And obviously shut down the day before. So it was, a. Uh, Man, it was just kind of crushed. It was like, dang, you know, we had all this stuff. I had a bunch of solo shows, and I had like three things with the band, and just like that, all of it got taken away. And it was like, all right, well, let's hold our let's hold our heads high, and we practiced a few more times. Like, well, we'll just we'll just you know we'll add a few more songs when we reopen. We'll be ready to go. We re- re- reopened, and in the time it took me to book another month out, we shut down again. Yeah. Literally, not kept the day before. The day before, we had a Deep Ellum with Ghost Dance Band up in uh, Deep Ellum Art Co. It was going to be this art festival outside, real cool deal. Uh, everybody's going to wear their mask and everything. And then just like the month before, two months before, we got shut down the day before, like the yeah. final the final hour we got shut down. And it's like, damn. So we, anyway, rambling. Yeah. But we, uh, the band, the band right now is in dire straits. We're, we're trying to keep it together, but you know it's kind of hard to hard to do that when things are not really happening. So. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is is like, so back in I don't know if you saw me posting about that film challenge thing I was doing a few weeks back. The weekend I was shooting that, I was supposed to go down to Georgetown and watch this band or catch this band that I'd had on the podcast uh, like a month prior and I'm in the middle of this shootout and I'm sitting here like, dang, I can't afford to drive an hour down to Georgetown for a two hour show to drive an hour back, not taking into consideration like pleasantries, talking to the band, you know, and actually introducing myself and stuff like that. So I messaged their manager. I was like, Hey man, I ain't going to be able to make it, but you got a show here at the beginning uh, or at the end of July I'll catch you then and you're still in Dallas. So yeah, it's going to take me a little bit longer, but I'll catch you. And then the day before the show, they started instituting travel bans in Texas and closed everything right back down. And I'm like, dang it. I should have just sucked it up and went 
four hours down yeah. in Georgetown or taking that four hour break and enjoyed it because now I, now you don't know when it's going to happen. Like I was just talking to a buddy that lives up the hill, same apartment complex that I'm in, but just like up the hill. You remember when you came in, you came down the hill. He lives up on the yeah, yeah. top hill part. Where I drove first when I got lost. Yeah. 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 Um, and I messaged him. I was like, Hey man, how are things going? And he's like, I actually got a show tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, they're still doing those here in Waco. And he's like, yeah. And so <laughs> might, might try and yeah, go there's... check that out. But so. Good, man. That's, that's the thing. I mean, um, yeah, like, like I was just talking about earlier is, you know, being all pretentious about, you know, shows and stuff. Like I've definitely been guilty of the past taking for granted, you know, the, the restaurant gigs and, and stuff like that, you know, where, yeah, I mean, maybe it's just me, maybe I suck, but most, <laughs> most, most, most writers or, or musicians will tell you like the restaurant gigs sometimes can be rough because people are eating and they don't care about you or whatever. And, and, you know, we're narcissists, so we, you know, we want people to pay attention to us, but now I would give anything, I'd give anything to have that. But just to we, go out uh, and play a little bit. Yeah, that's that's why I did that live stream, my first one last night. I've really been against it and holding out because I I moaned, you know, I just feel weird about doing it and and uh, I was like, man, I I gotta get this, I gotta get some stuff out. I gotta do what we're doing now, you know. Just yeah. Press yeah. myself like with this. I don't know, and it, and it, it turned out all right, but but uh, yeah, strange, strange the the environment we're in right now but there's still some stuff going on we uh speaking of o'brien's we actually have uh a live show there on the 22nd they got a uh they got a amendment or a, a pass i don't know they, they they filed something where they were considered oh, so they, they probably got like reclassified or something they got yeah they got re they did something there and we actually have a live show there on the 22nd but uh not sure that that's even being kind of questionable right now. You know, I've, I'm going through my own uh, little uh, little health hurt. We don't got to get into, <laughs> but yeah. so or you know, trying to get freed from quarantine and make sure you know I'm healthy and make sure that I'll be around people and stuff like that in order to go play it. I mean, uh, so if if I can get cleared and everything and and uh, we can get band together and everybody's mm -hmm. comfortable we're, we're gonna play that one live and in person but and then like the rustic tap in in austin i had a live stream there last monday it would have been but i had to cancel that because my current situation and uh then we had the full band there on the 14th but that mm -hmm. came back kind of good news they had they canceled on us uh because they're preparing to reopen and they said they're going to book us when they're actually open which is okay i'm with that best cancellation i've ever heard you know it's yeah. like, okay instead of the live stream we're going to do live people so hopefully the next month or so we'll be down in austin as rusted but yeah nice that's one place that i need to get down to i haven't been down to austin yet i need to get down there. no i haven't been down there yet oh, I, was on, on, I was planning <laughs> on going down there for south by southwest the absolute worst time to go to austin but yeah, yeah. you know it's one of those things where it's like it would be stupid if I didn't go to Austin, given, like, I do interviews, I do podcasts, I do jam sessions. <laughs> all, all I'd have to do is, like, hey, jam session over here, and just pick a yeah. random oh, corner, yeah. and it's done. I was, like, when last, we, I was there, we were talking about, you get in a van, man, get a van set up, and, like, you could pull that, especially during South By, yeah, you could yeah. pull up, open the sliding door, have you, like, a desk built in, and just be, like, we're doing podcast here, and and I guarantee you could throw a stone and hit like some badass band, you know, or musician. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I was listening to the Joe Rogan. I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast this morning. I didn't get like all the way through it. It was the one where I think it was the most recent one he had, had Rob Lowe on. Uh, oh, no, I listened. I yeah. listened to the uh, the last one, the artist guy. The oh, Post uh, Malone. No, 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 no. The he was uh, he's a painter. Oh. It's, I was supposed to know that. Uh, oh my God, David, 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 something maybe. Gotcha. Anyway, he like worked for Vice, you know, just wild dude. Like, yeah. 
Oh no, the they had Rob, uh, he had Rob Lowe on that dropped today or yesterday. I don't really remember. I didn't wasn't really paying attention to when it dropped, and they were talking about like doomsday prepping type stuff. And Joe brought up this uh, company called the Earth Roamer, and basically they take big Ford trucks and turn them into like these indestructible ATV type vehicles. So they they take yeah. like the big F-350s, put a badass camper trailer on it and make it like this indestructible thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I call my buddy up, my sound engineer for Live at Amplified. I'm like, hey, man, we need to figure out how to make $750,000 right now. And he's like, <laughs> right. he's like, what? I'm like, Earth Roamer, just look it up. Look it up, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just sitting here like, Dang, that would be so sick. Just having like this indestructible ATV vehicle. Cause like, even when we're out just producing stuff, like sometimes we have to go down like shady spots, you know, like oh, out yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And it's like, that thing would come in so handy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you I know, think, uh, just I saw an article. Yeah, yeah. That, well, you know, you're hitting the nail on the head though. Because I saw an article the other day. Uh, like I told you last time, I, 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 I did buy me a high top van. It's an older one. I got a, I, you know, not like the new bougie stuff. I got an older one, but it's high top. Whatever. I'm, I'm in the middle of converting it right now. And I saw this little. So because I'm always, you know, looking up van life stuff, I, I get hit with these articles. This article had popped up, and it was. Uh, it was like recent spike in travel vans, you know, during the, amid the coronavirus, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and it was, just, they were interviewing this guy that this company, you know, him and his, him and his brother, like convert them, you know, they've been doing it for years, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, and it was just great. Cause they were like, Oh yeah. You know, they, they just kind of meagerly, you know, mentioned like, Oh, you just need, you know, a couple hundred thousand and be good to go. You know? And like somebody turned that article later that, that day, I, I ran into it again. So I turned it into a meme and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. So you're just telling me typical to the American dream. Like, unless you're rich, you're already rich. You can't live free or something like that. You know, like, like the cost of being free is being rich or whatever. You know? Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, yeah, that's about Cause that, 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 that van life stuff is out of control too, man. Like, yeah. I mean, even for, like I said, I've, I did well. I found a, I found an old cheap one and I'm converted myself because I have the ability, but, but yeah. if you don't have that and you go to buy those things, they're like 70, 70 to $130,000. insane. Yeah, absolutely. But, I was talking to, I had this guy on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He basically, he goes from, he lives somewhere here in Texas. I'm not 100% sure where, but I think it's like South, Central, South Central, West, somewhere like Central West Texas area. Okay. And he, uh... no, wait, it's fucking Lubbock. What am I thinking of? Dang, I don't know why it <laughs> took me forever to think of that. I'm like, I know it. It was Lubbock. He was from Lubbock. Um <laughs> So he, he did uh, basically because he was traveling from Lubbock to Nashville all the time. And so he bought an old van, converted it over. And I didn't know that, that he was going to be calling me from the back of his van. And so I'm, we're sitting there chatting and it looks like he's sitting in a chair or something. And all of a sudden I just see his dog. Like, it looks like he's towering over this dude. And I'm like, <laughs> are you? How, how, what kind of dog do you have that he's towering over you and he pans over and it's like this medium-sized lab it's just sitting on his bed and i'm like oh that scared the crap out of me because i thought you had like this monstrosity of a dog that nobody's ever seen anymore and he started laughing and i'm like all right cool so well, that's that's the thing man I, i'm trying to i think like i was talking about quitting my job and everything and it's probably not the right thing to do. I, I, I admit that, but it's what I want to do. You know, I've always, I've always found a way to bounce back. So if it all crashes and burn, I'll bounce back. But anyway, part of the, part of the new plan going forward with music, you know, is also the my van or whatever. I'm not going to go full on uh, van life for YouTube channel, nothing like that. Like, I don't want to go that far, but I definitely, I got to thinking, I was like, man, like, you know, if, if I, 
do what I normally do now, which is travel around and play music. And when I'm not playing music, you know, I like to go to parks. I like to camp out and stuff. I was like, and I, I'm one of the people I hate, I hate taking, I, I think I'm going to refrain from like selfies for sure, but I've got a nice, like a nice camera and I'm just going to try to like stay on a steady stream of posting good photos and stuff like that. And I was like, well, maybe that eventually, it's something I like to do, but maybe that comes a, becomes a revenue stream, you know, it'd be cool to, you know, some outdoor company like hey we're gonna give you all this cool gear take a picture with it or something but yeah. at the very least it was documenting my my my, tra- my travels but when i do finally like i say kick the job and go full time that, that's kind of my plan is the band's almost done and you know i'm gonna cruise around and obviously the, the original plan was to play plethora of shows and travel around and live in the band but you know even if that's not possible even if i can just cruise around and play <laughs> yeah even if i got a bus you know I, I i think i think the next year at least in my life is just going to be a lot more free than it ever has been especially yeah. that band around doing that that thing yeah absolutely you know and it even before the when we sat down to talk about it I'd been dreaming of these scenarios where it's like having our own like touring van where like getting an old econo line or something like that astro van econo line you know one of those deals where you open up the back and it's like this fold-out stage and in the doors it's got like little mini plug-in amps like so basically you know and then you got enough there for like a four piece of whatever you know and so there's like a thing that rolls out and it's got a little stripped down drum kit like obviously you wouldn't fit a full drum kit in there, but like if you had like a a ride, a bass hi hat, and floor toms, or, you yeah. know, some something super simple like that, you know, that's enough for just about anybody. And it's like I dream of that day where it's like anywhere we go, we got a little rollout stage, and just hope <laughs> the cops don't come. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, that's like. Uh... I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the channel on YouTube, Jam in the Van. Yep. Uh, now, it's it's not much of a van, uh, in at least the episodes I've seen. Maybe when they started, it was a van, but it's definitely like a full-on RV, but that's what they do. And I assume, I want to give them credit, and hopefully, I haven't dug that far back into their history, but hopefully it actually started in a, in a van at some point. But that's the whole idea, is that they, they go to all these festivals, and then they like, you know, when a band comes down from stage or whatever, they're like, hey, come jam in the band you know they cram them in there and like i said even though it's kind of an rv but yeah uh Actually, yeah that'd be, that'd be super funny story when we were um when we were uh in nashville in january when we were doing acoustic sets and one of the girls we had on there was actually an intern for jam in the van because no, when, wait, cool. when i was uh when i was like doing a little prep work to kind of get familiar with their music the first thing that popped up was her jam in the van session and i'm like oh that's cool hey how'd you get involved <laughs> with them oh i interned for them and they had an opening and my band just happened to be playing this festival and they're like hey you want to come in and play you know one of yeah. those setups and i'm like oh that's cool you know so <laughs> but yeah no i i don't dig through their stuff like that but like I know, because I know right now they haven't really been releasing all that much, as far as doing uh, because I'm subscribed to them, so I get I get the notification. They've been doing a lot of live. They've been oh, a lot I guess, of live. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like and I and I will admit that I have not clicked on them because I'm usually when I get the notification I'm in the middle of something else. But but yeah, I, on on my phone I get the little notification. It says jamming the band live. You know, it's like. So I think maybe they've been doing that, I guess. I yeah, I got you. And I, like I know they were also band, but... doing like an actual jam in the van type thing where they were bringing in, like everybody was doing like acoustic sets in their own van. So they were having bands like take their cell phone, prop it right there and then like do their own little acoustic set. But, you know. Yeah, they put out a uh, uh, PSA on that, that, you know, that they were, accepting applications and, they, and it was and it was yeah you're right right at the beginning of all this yeah they were like you know shoot yourself uh in your own van record yourself on your phone or whatever and send us and put, upload it to youtube and then and then it was tagged them in it or whatever or send them a link or whatever you're right you're right I totally forgot about that. 
because I was, we were, I was actually, when I got it, I was considering it, but it was like me and the band really weren't tight, tight yet. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got you. Know, you know, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, you guys, I'll help you. You know, guys get ready to build the van out. Like I'll definitely, I got, I can weld and all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll pick something up. I can wire things and yeah. run preamps and all that. I yeah. like the idea that you said put, put the actual guitar amp into the back doors. So like when yeah. the back doors swing open, actual like, uh, like a, like a 10, like a fender 10, yeah. you know, with the, with the there on this side, you have your like 10 inch bass amp, you know, yeah. and then right. obviously right it's not going to be cool. anything crazy, but like, enough something enough something that a door could like a regular door could support but enough that'll give you kind of um enough power like if you're playing in front of a lot of people they could hear you you know yeah i mean you could fit yeah i mean you could fit all the preamp you need inside that door like so the acoustics would be a little strange but that'd be that's what would be cool about it you know (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah that's very true um have your singer, bass guitar, lead guitar standing on the ground, and then you have the drummer like in the van, like yeah. sweat going crazy. Like <laughs> he's getting no air. It's like you got to yeah. put a, that that piece of plexiglass around him just to kind of subdue or, or like yeah. muffle his sound a little bit. And he's just sitting yeah. there in like this oven because it's so hot outside, and he's got no. You know, in the middle of a field somewhere at some <laughs> festival. <laughs> Well, because the cool thing about that would be is even with that setup, they wouldn't have to play in front of the van. Like, all we'd have to do is pull the van around and, like, they could play off to the side if they have, like, a really cool setup because we did something like we had to do a stripped-down set. Uh, We were traveling through Arizona. We were going from New Mexico to Vegas, and so we went through Arizona there, and we were on the North Rim of the Grand Canyon on one of the like subsets of the Grand Canyon, like one of the sub canyons. And we're sitting there like, yo, we need to do, because we were touring, we're running with a band. And it was like, yo, we need to do a video or something overlooking this Canyon. And we were in like a national park and we went into the, the tourist area. It was like, Hey, so, we want to do a video with this band overlooking this canyon out on the bridge there. Yeah. W- what would be stopping us if we wanted to do it? And the guy, <laughs> the guy or lady looks at us like you, you, the bridge. And I'm like, yeah, we'd be out on the bridge. Well, technically the bridge is County property. The national, the national, uh, for or park thing stops at the sidewalk. And I'm like, okay so what would be stopping us she's like well if somebody called the cops it'd have to be the county cops and it would take them 45 minutes to get here i've been so, out there i know <laughs> yeah and so she's like so if some once you start playing music i would say you probably have about 45 minutes to an hour before the cops get out there and i'm like okay and so we set up nobody called the cops we had like seven or eight people just standing around us watching while this band is uh performing a song about smoking weed in the middle of arizona in the middle of the grand canyon and i'm like given how strict arizona is about all this i'm kind of entertained that they're letting us do this right now so arizona yeah, yeah, we we actually right through that area uh, a couple years ago. Now we made a big road trip up and around, you know, Pacific Northwest, all that, and uh, we we looped back down through there. And I let my buddy, my I drove most of the time. I let my buddy drive finally. Uh, you know, my 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 truck's it's a '97, an old diesel clanking thing, and I I finally like, went to sleep in the passenger seat, and I woke up, and we're you know all near Tuba, I think Tuba, Arizona, is what uh-huh. it's called. And uh, there's like a stop sign. I was like, oh, I can drive again. He's like, okay, great. We come to the stop sign. He's like, your truck sucks, man. The brakes are terrible. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, it's there's like vacuum vacuum brake. It's an uh-huh. old diesel. So they're kind of weird to most people. And 
and I get over there or I walk around the front of the truck and it, you know, it's a loud diesel, like the engine or whatever, but I hear this extra little, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> and I get in the driver's seat and I push my brakes and they go all the way to the floor. I'm like, have they been doing this? She's like, yeah. He's like, have pretty much the whole time I've been driving. They've been doing that. I was like, that's not, I mean, air, uh, vacuum brakes are a little squishy to begin with, but not that squishy. Like it went yeah. So anyway, I popped the hood and my vacuum pump was half exploded. You know, the cap was ripped off of it and stuff. And we're on Google and Tuba city was right there. They had no auto zone. The closest place to Flagstaff, Arizona, which is south of the Grand Canyon, you know? Yeah. So we ended up driving through the Grand Canyon with no brakes, like no brakes, man. I had my, I was downshifting and it's automatic. So, but I'm, so I'm downshifting as much as I can and I'm using the emergency brake and, and the, the standard brakes, you would kind of like really pump them and they would kind of work and it, yeah. and it wouldn't have been that bad. Uh, there's all these tourists in these stupid uh, class C RVs and they want to stop every five seconds. And like, we're like just coming inches from smoking people. And we're like, Oh God. And luckily, we're pulling a, a trailer, too, though, and, and uh, that's what helped me stop. I had my electronic brake controller on the, you know, the, the cargo trailer behind us. Thank God, because, I mean, but anyway, we went all the way through the Grand Canyon, and we, we got cell service at one point in there, and I'm calling all the AutoZone O'Reilly's within 100 square miles. Like I said, finally, Flagstaff had the part. I was like, well, hopefully we make it. And anyway, we, we camped in the Grand Canyon. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, yeah. We camped and still enjoy ourselves, and then we made like 90 mile trek just with no brakes with no real brakes <laughs> i probably shouldn't be telling that but we made it all the way to flagstaff and uh you know we we got we, we got a vacuum pump and i put it on and changed it so, yeah, you know yeah. I, I know that area well because of that it's a stain in my brain yeah we were on that north and, yeah yeah that's funny um, i was worried i was breaking up but they uh i said i had to come inside the house here Cabin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no worries. All right. We've been going for a little bit, so we're good. Uh, everybody got your socials, and everybody go check out Dustin Brown's new full-length album, Dreamer's Last Drifter. Sure. And check them out. Facebook, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Are you on Twitter as well? No, I, I stay away from that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But uh, Dustin, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to get this to work. Because um, when you messaged me about have, being out in the middle of nowhere, I was just kind of concerned that we weren't going to be able to make this work. And the fact that you found one spot to kind of make it, yeah, make the cell you gotta, you gotta take how it uh, what I because I, I had to run it. I literally my phone came from like ten down to like three real quick, and then it was like one percent. I ran inside to get the uh, charger. Yeah, like right now I'm leaning on one foot, standing halfway sideways just to keep the the good reception going. But yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. I appreciate. You. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, I really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys later. Later, guys.